Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. We're in chapter 12, verses 32 through 40. Hear the word of God for us this morning. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, Blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Word of God for us this morning. Do not be afraid. How many times have we heard that in Scripture? A lot, right? Do not be afraid. But usually that phrase is followed with the words, because I am with you. Oftentimes we find those together. Do not be afraid because I am with you. The idea that, that our fear is quenched by the presence of God. Because when God is with us, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, if God is with us, who can stand against us? We all know that concept and that idea, but in this particular passage, the words do not be afraid are not followed by that. It says, do not be afraid because it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so in this case, we are being told that it pleases God to tell us that he wants to give us the kingdom. The fact that God wants to do this, that it is his pleasure, that it is his desire for you and I to inherit the kingdom of God. And so it is the fact that we have been included, the fact that we are children of God, the fact that God is making this available to us, that we are given as the reason for not being afraid. So where does fear come from then? Because based on this that we are hearing in the Gospel of Luke, that means that fear has to do with feeling or fearing that you're not going to be included in the kingdom of God. Fear comes when there's uncertainty and insecurity. It is the product of not knowing the future and being painfully aware that you can't control things around you. Now, aren't there days when you just wish you could just control everybody around you? You, quiet. You, do what I said. You, don't bother me. You know, don't you wish that there was a day that you could just snap your fingers and everything was perfect and nothing went against you? I mean, you were driving down the road and traffic just split, parted like the sea, and you just went right through. 
You went to the grocery store and there was an aisle for you to check out just for you. Wouldn't that be nice? But it's not real, is it? Can we have that happen? Could we actually have everything just work perfectly so that we don't have to stress or worry? It doesn't happen that way. Yet even though those things are so, we are told not to be afraid because even though our world can be chaotic and things happen that are out of our control, we still know the one who put it all in place. We still know the one who has promised us the kingdom, and we still know the one who, when things get rough, will be there with us and catch us so we don't fall. And that is the good news. The command to not be afraid is followed by that phrase that you will inherit the kingdom because it is the Father's good pleasure so that we can take comfort in knowing that God has great plans for us. Whenever things are not working just right, we need to remind ourselves that God wants us to inherit that kingdom and be a part of it, that he has plans for our lives. Now, you might not be able to avoid the stresses of life, but it helps to know the one who is the giver of life. You might not be able to control everybody around you, but it's good to know that the one that you serve is the one who is not only in the past, but in the present and in the future. It helps to know the one who has already wiped away your sins so that you don't have to live with a guilty conscience moving forward. When we know that God wants to give us the kingdom, we're not only not to be fearful, but then we can look to detach ourselves from material things, from our stuff. Now, whenever this scripture is read, a lot of people think about, okay, so it says sell my stuff and give alms to the poor, so they'll go grab the clothes that they, they don't like and haven't worn for 10 years and give that away, and they go into their food pantry and find that can of sardines that's about 10 years old that nobody in the house wanted to eat and give that away, and they go, I did it, I did it. I gave my stuff away and I sold my stuff for giving alms to the poor. But I think Jesus is talking about something deeper here. He is challenging us to let go of our attachment to our stuff so that we can truly enjoy the heavenly treasure that he has for us. One of my favorite pants had a serious problem. Yes, pants. You know, when you have that piece of clothing that fits just right, you just love it because that's the one that you really like. Well, you wear them out when you wear the same one too much, right? And so my pocket, the stitching on my pocket broke to the point that I could pat myself on the leg without going anywhere but through my pocket. And it wasn't a good thing because it was my favorite pants, so I kept wearing them, and I would forget that there was a hole in my pocket. And so I would stick my keys and ploop, there go the keys on the floor. And I would stick my change and ploop, there goes the change on the floor. And every now and then I wouldn't even notice and I'd have to be, okay, I'm wearing those pants again. Where did I, where did I drop my keys? Where did they go? Because I had a hole in my pocket that always let everything go. 
In our scripture today, we, we hear, don't make yourself purses here on earth to store your treasure where it can be stolen, where moth can destroy. But build your treasure in heaven where it'll last and be eternal. You see, a purse is only as good as its ability to hold stuff. If you've got a purse or a wallet that you can see through, that's probably time to retire it, right? Because it strikes me as interesting that Jesus doesn't say don't have a purse. He says have a purse, but make sure that it's one that has heavenly treasure and is not just filled with stuff from this earth because you're not going to get to take any of that with you anyway. It's like having pants with pockets with holes. Well, I fixed the hole, or so I thought. I stitched it and then went on to use my favorite pants again until I put change in them and realized the stitching was too far away and the coins would slide through. After a while, my wife just threw away the pants, said I was not allowed to wear them anymore. <laughs> you see, Jesus was reminding us that stuff of this life doesn't last. Our earthly purses continue to wear out and break up. If you're invested in the Dow, you know it, what, it got, took a huge hit this last week and then rebounded just a little bit. But all those things happen, and it's like your purse is drawing holes and stuff is leaking out, and you see people running for the hills because they're afraid that they're losing everything. And Jesus says, that happens when you put your treasure in the wrong place. Make your treasure be heavenly treasure where it can't be stolen, where it can't decay, where it can't really be taken away from you. You see, when we focus our earthly treasure in being a blessing to others and show them, to show them the love of Christ, when we lend an ear to somebody who just needs somebody to listen to them, when we visit with somebody who is sick or in prison, when we do the things that Jesus told us to do, we're building treasure in heaven and not on earth. Well, after meddling with our money, Jesus moves on to meddle with our schedules because he likes to do that. You know, he likes to just intervene in our lives. Jesus moves on to remind us that we need to be dressed and ready for action as those who are waiting for the arrival of their master from a wedding feast. And here, alertness is the key. And the question is, are you ready? But not just ready, are you ready for action? Are you ready to do what needs to be done? Well, I love using illustrations from kids because they're all around me all the time. My niece Alexia, which is the mother of the baby, when she was four years old, four or five years old, little, little, little thing, she stayed with my parents while my sister was doing nursing school for a while. And so they would pretty much keep, keep her all the time. She was spoiled. But the other thing that she was is she was ready. And here's why. My parents have always been very active. 
And they were working in church, and so they were either going to church, coming from church, going to visit somebody, doing a church activity, planning a church activity, or having people over from the church. And so this little baby got used to the fact that we're always going to be on the go. And so you could go up to her and ask her, Alexia, what does your body want? And she would say, Kaje, which means street. My body wants to go out because we need to go. And all she had to do was hear somebody pick up keys, and she would run and find her shoes, put them on, and stand next to the door. Calle! We are ready to go. We are ready for action. We are prepared, and it didn't matter what time of day it was. It didn't matter whether she had eaten or not eaten. If she had the opportunity to leave that house and get in a car, she was going to take it. She was not going to miss an opportunity to go. And when I think about that, I think about what Jesus says here about alertness. He says you have to be ready to go. You have to be alert. You have to be ready. You have to be eager for the return of Jesus. And you have to be ready to go even now here to wherever God leads you in your daily life. And that means being ready for action. So that when God says, let's go, you don't have to go find your shoes. Your shoes are already on and you're prepared to step out to where God leads you. The Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. If he comes during the middle of the night or near the dawn or in the middle of the afternoon or in the morning and finds us, the question is, are we gonna be ready? Or are we gonna go just a couple more hours of sleep, Lord? I'll be there tomorrow or the next day. Maybe if I can fit you into next week, I've got my calendar, I'll call you. Or will we really be ready to go? Because we really don't know when he's coming back. And you know, I've come to the conclusion that that's a good thing. Because if we knew when he was coming back, we would probably procrastinate until the last minute, wouldn't we? I've been missing my daughter, she's only been gone one day. But one of the things that infuriated me about her was that in Sunday morning, I would wake her up early and say, get ready for church. And I would get dressed and get everybody else ready, and I would go, and the light would be off, and she would still be in bed. And it just made me so mad. And she caught on to this. And eventually, she started doing something different, just to spite me. I would go and knock on the door. Hey, I told you to get ready an hour ago. And she would fling the covers off and she was fully dressed, shoes, everything done, ready to go to church. She said, I'm waiting for you. I've been ready. I've been ready this whole time. You see, when Jesus comes, we have to be ready. We have to be able to say, I'm waiting for you. I'm ready to go. I'm waiting for you. I am prepared. I got my shoes on. Let's go. Show me where you want to lead me. When Jesus talks about being dressed for action, he is talking about having your lamps lit 
so that you don't have to go light your lamp because it's already burning brightly for him. You know, sometimes we, we wait until we get called by God to do something, to go fill up with God, when the reality is that we should be filling up with God all the time and prepared for action because we don't know when God wants to call us out to do something or to reach someone or to help somebody in his name. But we don't like to wait. We are really bad about waiting, aren't we? Think about it. We, we take the shortest line in the supermarket. We avoid rush hour like the plague. We don't want to wait. If you don't believe it, go to the mall and see all those poor men in the middle, you know, just waiting for their wives to shop. We don't like to wait. We just don't like to do it. And yet Jesus says that we need to wait for his return. But he's not saying just sit idly by and do nothing until you see me come. He says, get your lamp, light it up, Get by the door and be ready to open it when I knock. Be prepared because I'm coming. This is not just passing the time. This is living in the moment with God, being part of what he's doing and looking forward to what is to come, even when we don't know what that is. Knowing that whatever God has planned for us is good. There is blessing in living our lives in faithful anticipation of what God is doing and will do in our lives. Stand by the door. Be ready to go. Don't be afraid because God is with you and he wants to give you the kingdom. It is yours because of Jesus Christ. Receive it, live in it, experience it every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you because you want us to be ready for action at all time. You want us to know that you are gonna be walking with us and leading us, that we just have to be prepared for your prompting through your Holy Spirit. We ask, O oh Lord, on this day that if there's anybody that walked into the sanctuary with fear about anything about their future, anything about their lives, that this be the day that they turn that over to you. That they let you, O oh Lord, show them how you want to work in that area in their lives. We ask you, O oh Lord, that you would just bless us as we seek to live faithful lives, having our lamps shine brightly before this world that so much needs Jesus. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is open if you'd like to come up for prayer. Make sure that you're ready.